Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord God. We give you praise and glory and honor and thanks for the very same power that raised you from the dead lives in us. We need to really get a grasp and a handle on that and understand that, the magnitude of that, that there's all power and all authority in Christ. And Christ is delegated. He's allocated to us dominion and power and authority that we need to walk in that the enemy has no power over us. We've been set free. I'm going to shout it out loud. Amen. Father, we ask that you would open our spiritual eyes this morning to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts, that you would open our hearts this morning to receive everything that you have for us today. And we we pray this with great expectation that we would walk away changed because we've encountered you and you've done something in our hearts and something in our lives. And so we give you thanks and praise and glory now in the almighty and the all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you, praise team. We're going to shout it out loud. Amen. If the sound system goes out, we're going to shout it out louder. I, I appreciate you guys just staying in the zone and staying focused. And, uh, you know, this is what it's all about, connecting with him. There are churches throughout the, the world that don't have instruments or their instruments are so terrible. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a praise and worship leader and they were in the Philippines and they said that the guitar was so terrible after like uh, three or four bars of the song, it was already out of tune. But you know what? Those people were worshiping. Because it's not about the smoke and the lights and the mirrors and the music and all that. It's about an engagement. It's not about entertainment. It's about engagement. So thank you so much. Praise team, great job. Thank you this morning. And uh, Walter, you, you really didn't know what I was preaching on this morning. And, uh, but th that, was, that was a perfect set. So I know the Lord's leading you and guiding you. And I want, I want to thank you for that. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things before I release the warrior youth. And uh, we've concluded the 21-day fast here at Life Fellowship. <laughs> uh, man, I tell you, it's, it's been awesome for me. God has really been revealing some things to me and showing me things and, uh, you know, just speaking to me. And, and I know I've talked to some of you as well, and, and the Lord has been doing the same for you. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, don't lie, but uh, how many of you have been fasting some food during this 21-day period? Would you raise up your hand? I just want to see. You know, just kind of take note here of, of well, I want to say thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I know that if I were to talk to, to you guys, that, that you would have the same story. There, there are people that have been Christians for a long time that have never fasted. And there's a principle in the word of God that it, when we give the first to him, he blesses the rest. And so that's why, uh, Several times we have started the beginning of the year with fast. I, I haven't always announced it publicly and in, encouraged you guys, but uh, most every year we, we fast at the beginning of the year. And I think that we'll probably continue this. So I, I'm telling you now, get ready for uh, 2017. We'll probably begin the, the new year with a fast. And, and so as we learn this principle of giving God first, whether that be our time, whether that be you know getting up in the morning and spending quiet time with him, whether that be giving him our talents, whether that be giving our treasure. And, and you know that if you've been coming here, you know that we, the Bible teaches tithing and we teach tithing. We don't beat people up. We don't pass a plate, but we teach you the word of God. And there's something that happens that goes, that's supernaturally when we give the first to the Lord, that he blesses the rest. And when you, when you look back and, and you can see that principle uh, example time after time, when, when the Israelites went into the promised land, what did he say? He said, give me the spoils from the first and I'll give you the rest. So there's a principle there that we need to get. So I, I wanna thank all of you that, that uh, fasted and prayed. We still have a few more devotionals. We're gonna finish reading those uh, through the end of the year. So if you don't have one, take one with you. And uh, just jump in. We're coming up on day 25, I think. So tomorrow's day 25, so just jump in. Um, let me see here. Uh, oh, the other thing I was going to say is whenever you have important decisions before, you don't have to wait till January to fast, okay, or until I ask you. When you have important decisions or life-changing uh, situations before you, that's a great time to fast and pray and seek the Lord. 
And so you can, you can take seasons of, of time, uh, seasons to pray and fast throughout the year. And just as a reminder of, of some of the things that we're going to continue to pray about uh, through this year and, and certainly through the month is we're praying for personal reflection and direction. And I don't know about you. Well, I have a pretty good inkling about you, but I know that the Lord has really been revealing some stuff to me and uh, extracting some things out of my life and, and helping me to grow and mature. And you know that our mission at Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And as we grow closer to him, he, he continues to do a work in our lives. Am I the only one? Okay, I didn't think so. Uh, so we're praying for direction from the Lord. We're also praying that, that uh, people's hearts will be turned toward the Lord. And so we will see and seize the opportunities that are before us regarding reaching out to the lost and, uh, and, and leading them to Christ. <clears throat> uh, we're praying for people in, the, in our communities to get saved, get healed and set free. We sang about it today. No more chains holding me. I'm set free. I'm going to shout it out. Man, listen, I don't know about you, but when, if, if you've been in chains, whether that be to addictive behaviors or, or physically in, in jail or whatever that looks like, man, you have something to shout about when you get out. No more chains holding me down. I'm free. I'm going to shout it out loud. So there are people that are bound up in our communities in all kinds of ways. And uh, they need to be free. God didn't, Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come what? That you may have abundant life. And so we can be free. The, the gates are open. The, the door to the prison cell is open. We just have to walk out. And sometimes somebody just needs somebody to come up and say, come on, man. Let me help you. Walk with me. Get out of that jail cell. Come with me to Life Fellowship and be encouraged and strengthened. And find out who God is and who you are in Christ. We're praying for a revival in our nation. That Christians will stand for godly beliefs. Come on, we need to quit worrying about political correctness and worry about what God says and stand for him. I was thinking about a phrase I heard one time and it says, uh, let, me, let me make sure I say this and get it right. If you don't stand for something, you'll settle for anything, I think is the way it goes. Or you'll fall for anything, that's right. That's right. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And uh, the enemy is there to trip us up, but greater is he who is in us and he who is in the world. So come on, let's take a stand. God has given us uh, authority, dominion, and power not to cower back. And I'm not talking about beating people up with a Bible, but I'm talking about living it, going out and living what we say we believe and influencing the world in a godly manner. So uh, the other thing that we're, talk, uh, that we're praying about is to end abortion. And uh, I had somebody come and talk to me recently, and, and uh, they said, Pastor, I, I've been struggling with this a little bit. I had a family member that, that medically needed to get an abortion, and, and they needed to do that. And I said, well, I understand that. And, and that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is abortion for convenience or, or birth control. Because there have been, I don't know, 55 million babies that have been, been killed through abortion. And I, I've, I've gone back online and looked to try to find out what the percentage, because I've always heard that for medical purposes, abortion is a small percentage. And what I'm finding is like 1% of those are medically needed. So again, if you've had an abortion, and more than likely there are people in this room that have had an abortion, people watching online, we're not here to condemn you. We're not here to cast you aside. We're, we're here to say there's a better way and there's help. We support the ministry of Anchor Point that uh, their, their ministry is helping single moms and, and teens that are pregnant and helping them through that process, training them what they need to do as, as a mother and parents and ministering the love of Christ to them. So we're not here to condemn anybody that's had an abortion. We're just saying, hey, come on, there's, there's a better way. And, uh, and, and, you know, I shared with you a few weeks ago that there's a, a Christian person that was <clears throat> suggesting that their child get an abortion for convenience. There's something wrong with that church. When, when, we, when we conform to the things of the world in Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, don't conform to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so I want you to, to love those that, that are maybe going through challenges and help them. We're here to help people. Jesus came to help us. And our role is to help people. And so we have great opportunities to do that. So 
um, you know, we're here to help you. We're praying for a revival in our nations that, that Christians will stand for godly values. Come on, it's time for us to stand. The word says, when you've done all you can to stand, therefore stand. Drive a stake in the ground and say, I'm not moving. Because the world says this is okay. The world says it's okay to go have an affair. The world says it's okay to lie. The world says it's okay to cheat. The world says it's okay to embezzle money from your company. No, it's not okay because God's word says it's not okay. So we make a stand and we stand for God and the things of God. Uh, we're praying for direction regarding land and a building. We're really praying about that. We want to get into our own building where we can where we can fix up the children's ministry that will be like a castle. When they walk into Kingdom Kids, it'll be like them walking into a castle to reaffirm and reiterate what we're teaching them about the kingdom of God. And so we can do that when we get into our own building. We, we're growing and, and we need more space. And I feel like the time is now. So I want you to be praying that God will give us favor. God could give us 100 acres. He could give us whatever he wants and so that's what we're praying. We're currently debt-free. I don't want to get in debt, but if we need to, then you know we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do. But the thing we need to do is seek God and ask him for his wisdom and counsel. So I want you to continue to pray. And then the other thing is we're praying for areas of ministry that we can serve in. So many, most of you or many of you are serving, and uh, maybe there's more you can do. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on here during the week that don't have to be done here at the office. They can be done from home. Sending out emails, encouraging people, calling people that are sick or in the hospital, following up on people, uh, following up with people. So there are a lot of things that can be done. So if you have something that you'd like to do, talk to Pastor Christine. And, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty to do, plenty to do. And uh, then finally, uh, continue reading in the, the daily devotional. And then at the end of 31 days, we will continue in our Bible reading program where we'll finish up the Old Testament this year. So uh, anyway, that, those are the main things that I wanted to say. So I'll release the warrior youth at this time. You guys are welcome to go back. And uh, I'll get started here. So we've been going through this series of uh, pray, uh, fast, pray, and praise. And we've been studying the, the past few weeks. We've been spending a lot of time starting on... Uh, December 27th, I think, we started talking about fasting and preparing you for the 21-day fast that we just concluded, and we've been talking about prayer. And so this morning, I'm really excited. I want to talk about something that is so near and dear to my heart, ah, is praise, praise and worship. And so uh, I, I looked on my computer, and this was the definition on my computer for praise. It says, to express warm approval or admiration of to express one's respect and gratitude toward, to express respect and gratitude as an act of worship. So I want to ask you a question. Why do we praise God? Why do we do that? Well, there are a number of reasons. We can be thankful. We can praise God for the forgiveness for all of our sins. I mean, that's enough to uh, get, get me excited uh, because he sends his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth so that we can navigate through the challenges of life. That's another reason to praise him. I'm so grateful and thankful for the Holy Spirit that he resides in us and that he leads us and that he helps us. He's our helper. He's, a, he's our comforter. And uh, we praise God because we recognize him as our heavenly father who really loves us. And you may not have had a good earthly example of a father. But our Heavenly Father loves us. That's another reason to praise Him. And because of the things He's done for us, because of the opportunity that we have to go before Him boldly before the throne of grace and say, Father, I'm having some real problems here. Or we can go to Him and just praise Him and say, God, I just give you thanks. I want to thank you for the blessings in my life. As I was coming off this fast, I was just thinking about how blessed we are as a nation. We go to the grocery store and there are 85 kinds of cereal there. You know, some people, they're lucky to have water. We have a lot to be thankful for. And not just the material things or not just the fact that we can go to the tap and get fresh water, but the fact that we have eternal life, that we have forgiveness for all of our sins. So we have a lot to be thankful for. And... Uh, I would, I would like for you to do something, if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you'll put the next slide up. 
if you would email the things that the Lord had shared with you <clears throat> this 21 days. You know, if you have a testimony, maybe you saw God do something in your life, or maybe there's something that you want to share. And uh, uh, during this season of prayer and fasting, there's something that happens as we share our testimony with others. It, encourage us, it encourages us and others. And there's something that happens as we begin to proclaim the goodness of God, like Walter was talking about this morning. When we declare the things of God, when we declare the testimonies of what he's done in our lives. So if you will send some of those in over the next week or two, um, I'd like to share some of those if we can. And I'll share them anonymously unless, you want, unless there's a reason to identify who they're from. But, uh, but I think it would be really important and encouraging to the rest of the body if you would do that. So the email is up there on the screen. And before I really get into my sermon this morning, <clears throat> I want to talk about a testimony, something that, that I experienced a couple of weeks ago. I, I took my shoes in to have them polished and uh, we go to a place over there off 518 Pilgrim Dry Cleaners, and, and we've been going over there for a while. And I know that the lady that works behind the counter is a Christian, and we talk a little whenever I take something in. And uh, about three, I think it was about three weeks ago, I went in and said, hi, I would like to have these shoes cleaned and polished. And she said, okay. And she's, she's moving real slowly, and she's grimacing in pain. And I, I said, are you okay? And she said, no, I'm not Okay. I don't know what's wrong. I, I don't know if I should call 911. I don't know if I should, I don't know what to do, but I'm in intense pain. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I have this pain in my abdomen right here and it goes all the way down my leg. And she said, I, I can hardly move. And she said, it's not in my back, it's right here. And I said, uh, so well, well, can I pray with you? And she said, yes. And so I just kind of grabbed her wrist and I began to pray. Like I've prayed with some of you so many times and we prayed for healing and that God would touch her body physically. And that was it, really, pretty much. I said, okay, well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep praying for you. And I, I got in my car and I sat there and I began to pray in my prayer language for her. I began to pray that God would heal her right now by the power of Jesus Christ. I began to shout it out loud in my car, bombarding the, th the throne of grace and praying for her healing. And then I started my car and I left. And I came to church or wherever I was going. And I guess it was last week, so it would have been a couple of weeks later. I walked back in to take some other uh, Christine's boots in. And uh, I said, we, we talked for a little while. And I said, hey, by the way, how are you feeling? She said, I am fine. She said, when you begin to pray for me, the pain began to subside immediately. And she said, by the time you left, it was gone. And yes, amen. And that's exactly what I did. I said, God, I, we just give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. Thank you, Lord, for healing this woman. Thank you for that. And I didn't care who walked in. I didn't care if someone came into the store. We were thanking him for what he did. She was in pain, and she was relieved of that. I mean, we get more excited at a football game than when sometimes when somebody gets healed. Come on, something's wrong with that. Unless you're the one getting healed, then you may be a little more excited, right? And uh, I, I even noticed that one of the workers from back, uh, he came back and he kind of stuck his head around. See what's going on? So you never know what a testimony is going to be. And maybe, maybe uh, he'll say, what was going on? What was that? that guy's probably a pastor, right? You know, and, uh, and she might have had the opportunity to share her story. And so that's the kind of power that is given to us. Now, we pray for people all the time, and sometimes people get healed. Sometimes we haven't seen healings. Listen, I don't know why. I don't have the answer to that. But what I do know is that God calls us to pray and if someone needs prayer, I'm going to pray for them as if I'm praying for myself or my wife. The, the, the healing doesn't come from me. It comes from him. But I'm certainly going to ask him for it. And if you need some prayer, man, I, I would find somebody that, that will stand with you and pray and believe. Pray with expectation. 
I want some mamby-pamby prayer. Well, Lord God, if it's your will, I pray that you would heal him. And you, you know, come on. Lord God, heal him. They need some help. Okay, I'm getting fired up here. Man, I haven't even started yet. Woo! All right, I'm going to shout it out loud. Okay. All right. So we give praise to God and thank him whenever there's a reason. Even if there's not a reason, there's a reason. Do you understand that? For all the things that he's done. I know all that God has done and is doing in my life. And I know he's working in your life too. That's simply enough. The fact that we are able to, to uh, wake up in the morning, have breath, and have our facilities about us, have food to eat, have shelter, clothing. I'm glad you have some clothing. Say amen. <laughs> in the Old Testament, we see the whole nation of Israel would take time to, to worship the Lord and spend time in fasting, especially when there were critical situations where they really needed the Lord to come through. And uh, the Psalms are a collection of songs and prayers that were written from a place of honesty. And that's what this whole relationship with Jesus is about. It's about an honest, transparent relationship, authentic relationship. And so when we read the Psalms, we find that, that these, the writers of the Psalms are writing from this place of, of maybe joy. Lord, I worship you. I give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. We see sometimes that, that they're pinning uh, these psalms from a place of sorrow, deep hurt. We see that in the psalms that sometimes they're from a place of repentance. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for what I've done. We see that there are, there are psalms that are written where, where there's even doubt. I mean, are you relating to any of these things? Do you ever have any doubts? God, where are you in this, in this situation? I'm not seeing you. I was expecting you to do this, and you're doing something different. And then sometimes we get to that something different, and we find out, wow, that was much better than what I would have hoped for. And so we see the writers writing from despair. We see them writing from all places of human emotions, the same things that we go through. But we see them writing from a place of honesty, sharing their heart. And that's what our relationship is all about. It's okay to be real with the Lord. A real relationship will allow us to be transparent, authentic, and honest. Pride will keep us from being transparent, authentic, and honest with the Lord and even with other people. Have you ever been prideful? Well, I don't want to show my weakness because they'll make fun of me or they may. So what? You know, and how much greater that we should be transparent and, and honest with the Lord. It's okay. He can handle it. I promise you, he can handle it. And so we need to, to put aside pride and uh, we need to go to the Lord. Maybe we need to humble ourselves and, and go and apologize to someone or go extend forgiveness to someone who, who in our mind doesn't really need it. But we need to be uh, sharing the love of Christ. And I love a song, uh, we haven't done it in a while. It's uh, Fire Fall Down. And one of the lines in that song I love, it says, he came to fix our broken lives. I guess we could wrap it up on that. We're done for the day. But Jesus came to fix our broken lives. All of us have areas of brokenness, woundedness, whatever those things look like. And certainly, certainly the world around us is suffering from the same. But you know, this is a safe place where we come together. No perfect people here. Uh, but we, we allow God to continue to work in our lives because he came to fix our broken lives. And we know that we were born in sin. We were conceived in sin. Sin entered into humanity when Adam and Eve disobeyed. It became part of our DNA. It's not our fault. But we do suffer the consequences of sin. We live in a sinful world. But we don't have to partake. We can allow God to fix our broken lives and be a light and be salt. Uh, so when you're in prayer, be honest with him. When you're in a posture of praise, be honest with him. Sometimes God is doing something, speaking to me in worship. 
and touching my heart. That's what, that's what praise and worship should be about. I want to give you another definition of praise. This is kind of something that I thought of. The praise we give to God is an outward expression of acknowledging who he is and our thankfulness for all he's done and is doing in our lives. Somebody tweet that. Leave that up there for a minute. Somebody write that down. Put that on Facebook or something. The praise we give to God is an outward expression of acknowledging who he is and our thankfulness for all he's done and is doing in our lives. So that's one of the reasons that we praise God. Uh, we, uh, well, does, let, me, let me go here. What are some of the expressions what are some of the expressions of worship and what do they represent? That's what I want to really talk about this morning. And this is going to be a, sort of a very broad brush overview of, uh, of, of what I want you to get. But um, praise is generally centered around singing about God. Praise is generally centered around singing about God. And, and I'll give you some examples. When we sing about God and the things he's done or his character, that's, that's what I would consider a praise song. Uh, or a praise song. Uh, praise songs are generally a faster tempo, a little more upbeat. Again, these are general terms, but, so it's not hard and fast. We normally sing praise-driven songs at the beginning of the worship time. Um, and there are, there are songs that fall into, that I would consider transitional songs that, are, that can be either praise songs or worship songs. And sometimes those are transitional songs that will take us from the praise into the worship. And uh, so this morning, I'm, I'm really going to focus more on praise than I am on worship. I'll talk about worship next week. But again, these are just some, you know, if somebody, you're, you're at work and somebody says, well, you know, I don't understand what, what's the difference between praise music and worship music. Well, this will help you, uh, help you be able to maybe identify. And uh, let me say one other thing while, while I'm here is that uh, I've heard people say, well, you know, I, I don't go for the music. I just go for the sermon. Uh, you know, I, I can skip all the singing. Man, that is part of the service. That's why we encourage you to be here on time and enter into praise and worship. Because something happens in us when we begin to turn our hearts toward him and it prepares us for the word of God to come forth. So if you know people are saying, well, yeah, I skipped the music part of the service at my church, encourage them to go. Because if they're just going for music, they're missing the whole point anyway. It's not about going to be entertained. It's, it's about going to enter into worship and present our praise and worship to him as an offering. He loves that. And he is worthy of our praise. So I want to encourage you, when you come on, on Sunday morning, be, be ready to praise. Maybe praise on the way to church. Get ready. Have your heart ready. So let me give you some examples of, of what I would consider good praise songs. The Lord reigns from Gateway. I want to read these lyrics. The Lord reigns. Let the people shout. He reigns in righteousness. Let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice. The Lord reigns, let the people clap their hands. Angels shout, the, the redeemed have come to dance, to celebrate, he reigns. The Lord reigns, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. We will sing and shout. Those, we just talked about some of the things that I'm gonna talk about this morning. Different expressions of worshiping God, singing, clapping our hands, Shouting, dancing, some of those things. Okay, let's go to another song, Everlasting God by Lincoln Brewster. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliver. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Lord. He's singing about the Lord, right? The character of the Lord, the things of God. You are the everlasting God. You do not faint. You won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. So we see in these two examples that we're singing what? About the Lord, the character of God, the goodness of God, the things of God, what he does for us. Uh, so these are generally represent uh, our understanding of, word, of praising God and singing about him and the things that he's done. So now let's look at several expressions of worship. Uh, the first one I want to go to is singing. 
And I want to go to, uh, and, and I think Walter even mentioned this uh, this morning, uh, Psalm 96, 1 and 2. It says, verse 1 says, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. There are times, and we haven't had one of these in a while, but I'm looking forward to when we have our next uh, First Friday, where it's a time of prayer and, and worship, and we just come into the sanctuary, we bring the lights down low, everybody gets into that worship zone and just begins to worship. And there are times when, when I'll just sing a new song. I won't example that now because you'd probably all go running out. You don't want to hear me sing. Uh, but but it, it's about singing from the heart. You know, I'm thankful for, the, for that scripture. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord because I, I make a lot of joyful noises. Uh, but, but seriously, we can sing a new song unto the Lord. As something rises up within us, we can begin to sing to him. It, it's funny, uh, Jules uh, sometimes I'll, I'll ask her to do something. She'll like to sing, sing something. Hey, Jules, would you hand me that pen? Would you hand me that pen? You know, and, and so we kind of have fun with that. But sing a new song unto the Lord. And uh, that, that's really awesome. So the writer of Psalm 96 says, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. He goes on to write in verse two, sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. So we need to be thanking the Lord. We need to be proclaiming, Lord, thank you that you save us. Thank you that you heal us. Thank you that the chains are gone. I'm set free. I'm going to shout it out loud. When we sing, we're making a declaration. That's what we did today. When we sang today, the, mute, the sound system shut down. Y'all were making a declaration. There's something that happens in us when we proclaim the things of God, when we come into alignment with his word. That's why I love Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Then we will learn to know God's will as we come into alignment with his word and our stinking thinking is gone and we insert the stinking thinking with the word of God. I'm God's prized possession. He loves me above all other things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, that's why we need to have the word of God inside of us because it's helpful to us and we can begin to, proclaim those things. And when we sing, we're making a declaration. When we sing and declare the things of God, it impacts us. Mostly, it impacts us. He already knows he's God. But it's a reminder to us of who he is and those around us. And that's why we need to read and understand and memorize the word of God. Many of these songs, I would say most of these songs are scripturally based. Some of them are taken directly out of scripture. And you may say, well, I don't know any Bible scripture. Yeah, you do. If you know some of these songs, you know some scripture because they're taken right out of the word of God. And that's purposeful so that we'll have the word of God implanted and inside of us. And, and so we begin to, to uh, you know, encourage ourselves in the Lord. David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. Man, I bought my evaluation looks terrible. I've been working so hard and my boss is really putting me down. But Lord... I know that your word says in James 1.18, above all creation, I'm your prized possession. And, and I want to do good. I want to do better in my job. But I know that my value as a person is not based on my evaluation or my bonus or my raise or what I do for a living. It's my value is based on you loving me and my relationship with you. Lord, I, I'm struggling right now. I'm having a hard time. But I know Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can make it through this challenge because I know that I can't make it on my own, but I know that through your strength, I can get there. I can navigate through this challenge. And the word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So let's go backwards. When we get into the word, we hear the word of God. We get the word of God down in here. As we begin to pray and seek him, we get the word of God down in our hearts. And then what does that do? That builds our faith. Eight years ago, when the Lord called us to start Life Fellowship Ministries International, the Lord placed that on my heart through the word and through quiet time. And what happened then? We stepped out in faith. We said, God, we're gonna pray and seek you and when, and when we find that this is truly, 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 without a doubt, what you want us to do, we'll step out in faith. So see, see how it works. We get into the word of God. We're built up with the word of God. Man, I'm, I'm afraid to do this. No, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love 
and a sound mind or self-discipline, one version says. So the word is the connecting point for us to begin to be infused with the word of God and the things of God so that we begin to step out in faith and go out and live it. Okay, so faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. When we sing, we are declaring the things of God. When we declare the things of God, we are built up and encouraged. What are some of the things that we tell ourselves? Oh, I'm a loser. Oh, I'll never. Or I'm always. What does God's word say about you? That's what we need to focus on. Not our self-talk, not what we've been told, none of that stuff. We need to focus on the things that God tells us. Um, do you ever connect with a song on the radio? I mean, does something ever really just get you right here? You know what that is? That's your soul being ministered to or being connected to. You know, hopefully it's a good song. Hopefully it's not, I'm drinking beer and cheating on my wife and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but what happens is we connect our soul can connect to things. Remember what our soul is? Our mind, our will, our emotions, our emotions, our emotions, our thought processes, our, uh, you know, the things in our mind. I remember listening to a, a CD. It was by a group called Avalon. A number of years ago, I was out of town on a job and I was driving around at night just for something to do out there in the middle of nowhere, Dumas, Texas. I'm like, golly, there's, I don't know if you've ever been out there, but there's nothing there. Um, but anyway, I was, I was listening to the CD over and over and over again. And it's a Christian group. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's kind of top 40 radio stuff. And, and uh, uh, but, it, but I, I, was, I was driving. And I said, God, why am I so drawn to this? He said, it's ministering to your soul. It's ministering to your soul. And so when we connect with a song on the radio, hopefully it's a Christian song, there's something that connects with our soul. So singing can touch our soul. Um, do you ever spend time just praising and worshiping the Lord? It's important that we do that, that we develop that, uh, that culture in our life or, or the, those uh, commitments in our life. And I'm not talking about, you know, some religious activity or duty, but just it can be very spontaneous. There are times when I'm driving down the road where, golly, man, the Holy Spirit is just all over me. And that's good. So we, we can experience those times. In Psalm 150, King David introduced music into the temple service. David, David rocked, man. I bet if he was here, he'd have the whammy bar going, man. He'd be power chords, just jamming. And he was passionate about God and the things of God. And one of the ways that he expressed that was through worship. So we can do the same thing. Um, I'm not going to read this whole passage, but I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. But if you go back and read in 15 through 20, uh, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and he's talking to the early church, and he's talking about living by the power of God's Holy Spirit, allowing God's Holy Spirit to reside and live in us. And I want to just start at, at verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Okay, he starts there. Uh, I don't drink anymore. When before the Lord uh, called me to start Life Fellowship, I felt like the Lord was telling me to stop drinking. And I didn't have a drinking problem, but I, I like a nice cold Corona every once in a while, a glass of wine. But he said, stop drinking. Because I've seen, well, personally, I've seen lives destroyed. I had an uncle that was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. He had everything going for him, man. He had a golden platter. And his whole life was ruined by drinking. When he died, he, he was penniless. He had nothing and many of you, maybe you've struggled with alcohol addiction or you know people. So, you know, don't be drunk with wine. But he, what else does he say? He goes, instead, say instead, instead. be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I, I haven't done a whole lot of drugs, but uh, smoked a lot of weed and drank a lot of, drank a lot. But nothing comes close to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, nothing. And so don't be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing that's going to fill that God-shaped hole. Uh, he goes on to write, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. So when we come together corporately to worship, that's what we're doing, singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs and making melody in our heart. Why? What's the connecting part? Our heart. 
that our heart is connecting. It's not about the song. Oh, that's my favorite song. Well, that's good. Worship. Jump in, you know. Come on. Get in the worship zone. So let's look at some more expressions of giving praise and worship to God. Lifting our hands is a sign of surrender. Okay. I'm going to say four words, and I want you to finish this sentence for me. And I want you to shout it out loud, all right? Come out with your hands up. Well, that's good. Let's do it again. Come out with your hands up. Come to church with your hands up. <laughs> Listen, that's the posture that we need to be in. Because what does that represent? Come out with your hands up. I'm surrendering. That's an international sign of surrender. And so when we're raising our hands to God, we're, we sang about it today in uh, our, uh, Your Love Ran Red, I think. It says, I surrender all. I'm in all. I surrender. Come on. Is that just lyrics to a song that we sing? Or is it our heart? Are we surrendering all to him? Psalm 63, 4 and 5. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands to you in prayer. Prayer and praise are very, very similar. We're, when we're praying, we're presenting our petitions to God, but we're also acknowledging him. We're coming into his presence. Um, let me read on in verse 5. You satisfy, satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I will praise you with songs of joy. I will. Do you have an attitude of I will? And I've talked to you about when, when you're under spiritual uh, attack and warfare, and I know what that looks like because when it happens, I recognize it. And I'm telling you, the last thing I want to do is praise God and worship him. The, uh, I've been under such oppression sometimes that it's, it's like, I don't, want to, I don't want anything. I don't want to do anything. I just want to scream and shout. But as you begin to praise God and as you begin to worship him, something happens every time, every time. And that will be the last thing that you will want to do, but that will be the best thing that you can do. There's something that breaks when we begin to praise God and thank him. There's something that happens in the spiritual realm. Let me read this again. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you. I will praise you. I will choose to praise you with songs of joy. And you have to remember that back when, when these psalms were written, like I was talking about earlier, we were so blessed. We pull a, a, a meal out of a box, stick it in this microwave, hit a button, and it's cooked. We pull it out and eat it. Okay, that may not be the best meal right there. But think about if you lived, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever. What do you want for dinner? I'd like some fresh trout. All right, well, you better get out there and catch you some trout. I want some bear. Well, then go shoot some bear, whatever. But it wouldn't, you would have to go and get the food, and then you would have to come back and start a fire or something. You'd have to cook it. Okay, the cleaning may be easier because you just throw everything outside. But, but the point is, is that we are so blessed. And, and the, the writer of Psalm here is saying, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. Imagine that you had to go through all of that. You couldn't just walk in and sit down like most of us do, husbands anyway, sit down at the table and eat, right? Because there, there's, it wasn't that easy. But he's saying, I will praise you with songs of joy. And so when you go back and look at Psalm 63, verses 1 through 11, 4, 4 and 5, uh, it talks about some of these things, lifting our hands in prayer. Prayer is a form of praise, and uh, it can be really connected with praise. Let me put it that way. And is an expression of approval. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is clapping our hands, which is an expression of praise to God. So sometimes you'll see us clap our hands. Um, I remember talking to a person a while back, and, and uh, they said, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm just not comfortable in raising my hands, and, and I, I don't want to do it uh, just because everybody else does. I said, well, don't raise your hands. Just worship. It's about here. So don't ever be manipulated into something. Uh, and in fact, sometimes 
I think some of the worship in some of the churches I've been have been distracting. You know, I've been standing there on the front row worshiping and a, uh, one of those flags goes by, you know, almost hits me in the face. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, you know, so we need to be careful that we're not distracting. But, but when I'm worshiping, I don't care what anybody thinks. If I'm down on my knees crying, if I'm lifting my hands, if I'm shouting, if I'm worshiping. Now, if I'm being a distraction to other believers, then I do want to know about it. But the point I'm trying to make is we need to get over ourselves. And, uh, you know, if uh, when I go to a church and I see a, a dance ministry or flags and banners that, that are out front, I'm, I'm thinking, if you're really praising the Lord, maybe you should go to the back of the church. I mean, if, if your heart is to really to praise rather than distracting people. And I know that there are dance troops, and sometimes those are ministry times to really emphasize the, the worship or the song or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not talking about that. But the point I'm trying to make is that we should be authentic, okay? Be authentic. And if you're not comfortable in raising your hands or clapping, then don't. But make sure that the important thing is engaged, and that's your heart. So I want to talk about clapping. That's an expression of praise to God. Psalm 47, 1 and 2. Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. I think another version says, uh, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So we begin, to tri we begin to shout to God because of the triumph and the victory in our life. Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. We clap to express joy and victory through Jesus. When the Texans score a touchdown, we clap. Well, some of you do. Yeah, yes. The people, Pastor Don says that the, the, the people that support the Texans are a carve-out. It's only the people in Houston. Everybody else in, in Texas supports the Cowboys. But, you know, that's, that's for another time. But anyway, when our favorite team scores a touchdown, how's that? We, we, we clap. It's also a demonstration to the world that Satan has been defeated. As we have discussed, we are in a spiritual battle. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. And so, as we begin to proclaim the things of God, we're coming in against the enemy of darkness, and we're, we're proclaiming victory. Uh, so, when our team scores, we clap, but not only for our team, right? Yeah! Touchdown! What are we doing? We're demonstrating to the other team or the other fans, the other side, hey, in your face, right? <laughs> So by clapping for our team, we're making a statement to both teams. I want to go to the book of Nahum, and uh, the prophet is telling of the fall of the Assyrians, who were the most powerful nation in the world at that time. They plundered, they oppressed, they were very, uh, they slaughtered their victims. They were very mean. They were very bad people. And so Nahum, the prophet, is writing uh, to Israel, and, and he's saying, uh, or he's writing this, and, and this Prophecy is fulfilled within 50 years. And he says in Nahum 3, 18 and 19, Your shepherds are asleep. O Syrian king, your princes lie dead in the dust. Your people are scattered across the mountains with no one to gather them together. Verse 19, There is no healing for your wound. Your injury is fatal. All who hear of your destruction will clap their hands for joy. Where can anyone be found who has not suffered from your continual cruelty? And so the Lord is saying, You're going to pay. It's coming back on you. And your enemies will clap their hands because they'll, they're going to rejoice. So here's an example where clapping demonstrates victory and is an expression of mocking Israel's enemy. And so when we come into the presence of God, when we begin to worship and praise and shout and clap our hands, we're making a de declaration. We're saying, in your face, Satan. In your face. Uh, another expression is bowing and kneeling. Uh, that's also a sign of submission to God. And uh, <clears throat> desperate situations call for desperate measures. I was praying with a family uh, over the past few days that her 12-year, well, I'm not sure how old she is. I think she's probably 10 or 12. She, uh, she was in the hospital in ICU. Desperate situation. Desperate situation. And uh, we went up and prayed. And they were praying. There were a lot of people praying. Some of you were praying. I think Richard and Raina were trying to get the word out to pray. And so, you know, when, when we need something, those that are far from God or don't have any need for God, boom, all of a sudden, they, they start rethinking that. And so bowing and kneeling is a, a sign of submission to God. Luke 8, 40, 
uh, through 48. I'm not going to read this whole passage, but this is where this, these stories are found, and you can go back and read these. Jairus bowed or kneeled because he needed a touch from Jesus. His 12-year-old daughter was dying. The lady who had been bleeding for 12 years touched the hem of his robe. And when she realized she could not be hidden, because if you remember the story, Jesus said, who touched me? I felt power go out of me. They're like, Jesus, there are people pressing it. No, he said, no, somebody specifically touched me. And when she realized that she couldn't be hidden, she went and bowed down before him. Both acknowledged his power and authority. Both, both of them reached out in faith. And they bowed before him in submission and authority. Listen, if you need something, there's, there's nothing wrong with getting on your knees and bowing down before him and praying and worshiping and seeking him. Uh, Romans uh, 14, 11, Paul's writing to the church of, Roman, uh, of Rome, and he's quoting from Isaiah 45, 23. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend or bow to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. The word says that one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Well, I, you know, I believe that all roads lead to heaven. It doesn't really matter if you're a good, well, you know, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And one day, there will be people that will realize, man, you know, maybe I miss this thing. Because one day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And so that's why we do that now. And back to people that, that don't come into the worship service during the, the time of praise and worship. I ask you to consider something. What do you think is going to be going on in heaven? Hmm. Think I'll be preaching up there? Maybe Joel Osteen or, uh, you know, your favorite pastor, whoever that looks like, Robert Morris? I don't think there's going to be any preaching. Why? There's no need for it. We're there. But what will be happening is lots of worship. I want to jam in that band, man. You know, come on. Let's, let's jam with a lamb, rock with the flock. Okay. So let, let's get ready now. All right, let's learn these songs now so when we get to heaven, we're in the zone. All right, so the scriptures say, surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Uh, uh, the last one I want to talk about is what we, we talked about already, shouting unto the Lord. There are times when I'm in here praying fervently and I don't, I don't think that necessarily the louder you pray and the more you shout, that God hears it anymore, but sometimes I just get fired up, and I'm, I'm wondering if they, if, you know, if somebody's outside, they probably think, what's going on in there? But I'm shouting unto, unto the Lord. I'm praying fervently. I'm, I'm interceding for some of you. I'm praying for you. Loudly, not wimpy, but loudly. Like I said, I don't, I don't know if that does anything, but it gets me fired up. So what happens when your team scores or wins? Oh, yay. Touchdown. You got people jumping up, pour, spilling beer on other people and all kinds of stuff. And so when we understand what God has done for us, come on, man, we should be ex excited about that. Isaiah 12, 6, let all the people of Jerusalem shout his praise with joy. Come on. It says shout his praise with joy. For great is the Holy One of Israel who lives among you. And Joshua 6, the Israelites marched around the city of Jericho. On the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times. And as the priests blew their ram's horn, they whispered. They whispered. No, they shouted. And what happened? The walls fall, fell down. Why? Because they shouted so loud? Well, I'm sure it was loud, but no. It was the power of God. They were in obedience to what he asked them to do. I don't know why he had them do that. It doesn't matter. But they got the victory. And sometimes we've just got to shout it out loud. We just have to be real and authentic with the Lord. Um, my final scripture is uh, found in John 4.23. But the time is coming. This is Jesus talking. He says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. What is the Father looking for? He's looking for people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not playing church, not playing worship, but in engaging with him. And 
I'm a worshiper. I love worship. Worship will always be an integral part of this, this church. So if you don't like worship, you probably are in the wrong church. But listen, it's about engaging with him. And so I want to challenge all of us to press into that place more, not just on Sundays, but during the week. And uh, I'd like for you to, at this time, I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you had one at one point in time and you've walked away and, and, and God is really speaking to you right now saying, come back to me, or this can be a fresh start. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you this morning. There's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive what God has for you today. Anybody here? Let's take some time this morning. Just stay in this posture of prayer and reflective mode. And let's just spend some time worshiping him this morning. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name, your name is a strong your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing aloud, because nothing has the power to say but your
your name Let the nation sing it louder Cause nothing has the power to save But your name Amen. Let that be a reality for you as you leave this place this morning. His name is a mighty tower that we can run to. There is safety in, in the presence of the Lord. There's safety in this church. There's safety in the relationship with him. You can be honest with him. I want to encourage you tonight to come at 6.30 to the Life, Starting Life 101 class. Uh, the Shrads are doing a great job of taking us, giving us a broad brush overview. That's a 14-week class. I think we're coming up on week three. It's not too late to jump in. Uh, also, college and career, 20-somethings. Uh, they're meeting tonight at 6.30. Um, if you don't have a devotional, we've got about six or eight of them left. Take one. Come on. If, if you're new, you're visiting today, take one and join us on week 25. Or, or go back and start over. You know, start at the beginning. And uh, you can, there's a Bible reading program in there on page 70, and that gives you an overview of what prayer and fasting is all about, and that's a good place to start. And then just jump in and read with us. Ask the Holy Spirit every day what he's saying to you when you take your quiet time. And then when we finish this 31 days, we'll, we'll continue in the Bible reading program. So I uh, thank you so much for your time here and attention. I love you. I'm passionate about the Lord. Ah, I'm passionate for you. And I'm passionate about praise and worship. So anyway, go out and you're dismissed. Thank you for joining us this morning. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Also, uh, one thing, uh, the, the prayer team will be back in the foyer. If you want prayer, see Richard and Raina. Also, if you're, if you're leaving, please go out the, the red door out here so as not to disturb the prayer team. Thank you so much. God bless you. Your name is a strong and mighty tower.